I went to the beekeeper to get 12 bees. He counted and gave me 13. Why? He said it was because that was my freebie. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability, episode 66. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. I didn't get very much feedback in regards to the change up of the music from last week's episode. However, my sister did call and explain to me that she will listen to my podcast while she's driving. So she got her phone, found the podcast, hit play, started driving, and then heard the wrong music and started panicking that she was listening to the wrong podcast and was trying to figure out what was going on while she was driving. So for safety purposes, because I know many people do listen to the podcast while they are driving, I have returned back to the normal introduction music. And I will continue to play around with music in other areas, (laughs) but I'll leave the intro the same in order to not throw everybody off. Also during that same conversation, my sister pointed out that I need to clarify what foraging is, not to be confused with forging, which is what she thought I kept saying, forging, like to forge a sword from steel, like what a blacksmith would do. So she kept trying to find forging classes for me because that's what I wanted for Christmas and could only find blacksmithing classes. Let me take the time now to better enunciate foraging, where you go into the woods and scavenge for edible items like plants, nuts, seeds, berries, mushrooms, and basically have knowledge of all the different plants and their parts that you can eat and survive in case you're in a survival scenario. You know, like if you end up on naked and afraid one day, now you won't starve to death. (laughs) You'll be just fine. You'll be able to live off the land and know exactly what you can and cannot eat. She did not gift me forging blacksmithing classes. Although to be honest, that would have been really cool too. While we're on the topic, I'll go ahead and share with you now. We finally got to celebrate our family Christmas gift exchange. We do this every year for New Year's. All of my siblings, my brothers and sisters, we all go to in-laws for Christmas celebration. And then we get together and do a Christmas celebration for New Year's. The problem was I and my family got sick. And then my mom got sick with COVID. And then my dad got sick with COVID. And then suddenly everybody was sick and nobody was able to celebrate. And then my husband and I ended up going down to Texas the second week of January. And then we'd made plans for all of us to get together. And the weather was so terrible that they closed all of the roads. For Super Bowl weekend, we finally got together two months later and were able to celebrate Christmas and do our Christmas gift exchange. The theme this year was a night in. Yeah, we do a theme every year, but we also added on new this year that everybody had to wrap their gift for the gift exchange in sustainable wrapping. And that could be a variety of different things. My gift, my sister Dawn had me, you remember her, she was a guest for when we did the group discussion on the Down to Earth series. Anyway, she had me, and she listens to the podcast, so shout out Dawn, thank you very much. And she got me some really cool gifts. So at first, I got this big, gigantic black and white bag that zipped shut and had handles, and it turned out to be a bag that a bed set came in. 
Once I opened up that bag, there were a whole bunch of different sustainable goodies just for me. She gave me a couple of samples of the laundry detergent sheets. So you're not using the plastic jug of liquid laundry detergent. This is a sheet, kind of like a dryer sheet, except for this is a laundry soap sheet and the sheet goes straight into your washing machine. So I got a couple of samples of those. I also got a used movie. So I was excited about that. It's Kangaroo Jack. I've never actually seen that one. A foiled popcorn thing. <laughs> one that you put on the stove and it has a handle and you have to shake it and it pops. So there's no waste there because everything there is recyclable. I was re-gifted fuzzy socks and a dog shampoo bar. I had no idea that those even existed. And each gift individually was wrapped inside of a small blanket, newspaper, envelope, or a cloth bag that a set of sheets came in as well. And all of that was packed inside of a Green Chef meal delivery box that was then inside of the gigantic black and white zip bag. Yes, that all still fit in with the theme of a night in. So my night in is to do laundry with my fuzzy socks on, watch a movie, eat some popcorn, and give my dog a bath. <laughs> so there's a little bit of flexibility in that. Artistic liberty, we shall say. But yes, I will enjoy my future night in doing all of my sustainable things. Thank you very much, Dawn. I won't recap what every single person got and what their sustainable wrapping was because there are 40 people in my family and that would be an entire podcast in itself. But I will share the highlights, especially the sustainability focused ones. My mom makes strawberry jam every year inside of the glass jars. And so she made a bunch of those and brought them for everybody to share. She also made a bunch of caramel corn and she gets corn from a popcorn corn testing factory <laughs> because we live in Indiana and we're well known for our corn and our popcorn. Orville Redenbacher is here <laughs> and a whole bunch of other popcorn places. She takes the fresh popcorn, she makes the caramel corn, and then she places it all inside of a beautiful tin. If you've ever had the Schwanzman ice cream service, every year for Christmas they'll have a French vanilla or homestyle vanilla tin of ice cream it's a whole gallon but it's inside of this gigantic tin and it's got a very beautiful picture every year has a different picture and you can collect these tins so my mom always gets a big giant vanilla ice cream keeps the tin every year and then repurposes the tin by putting caramel corn in it and gifting them away to everybody and if you want caramel corn again the next year you need to return that tin so she can refill it same with the glass jars for strawberry jam you got to return those too for the gift exchange, my mom had my niece, Christy, who was also part of the Down to Earth discussion group. <laughs> and she bought her some really nice pajama pants and a pajama shirt, fuzzy socks, and placed them inside of a box that she found in the garage and mailed it to Christy out in North Carolina. And Christy's now husband, Davis, arrived home and saw the box labeled frozen fish fillets on the doorstep and immediately put it in the freezer. And Christy was so polite to call and thank grandma for the fish. And my mom was extremely confused why Christy was calling her about a box of fish and eventually put it all together and told Christy to open the box and to get the goodies that were inside. So there's a little bit of miscommunication there, but quite a good funny story. The same thing happened to my dad. He got a box of rubber duckies from my sister and was thoroughly confused and just set it aside. Again, this was a pre-used box <laughs> and my sister had to tell him to open it and get the stuff inside. 
The very valuable lesson we have learned is that if you're going to implement sustainable packaging with your family, be sure to give them the heads up that they're going to need to check inside of the used boxes and not just go with whatever the wording and pictures are on the outside of the box. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to share with you is that I have decided I'm going to attempt gardening again this year. I've only done it twice before in my entire life. Both times was terrible, but I'm going to try it again this year because I'm crazy. Anyways, I have been saving seeds from my vegetables that I've been eating for gardening, been drying them out and putting them in little tiny baby food jars is what I've been using. I went online to buy seeds because that's always my first thought. I got to get out of that habit. I don't know how to break that habit. But anyways, I went online to buy seeds and I went to get a bulb of garlic for planting and it was going to be $15. Then I had the genius idea. I'm going to go to the grocery store and get one for 50 cents and see how that turns out. That was also the same time where it clicked that I could just save the seeds from the current produce that I've been purchasing from the store or from Imperfect Foods. Promo code SS10. I've also been saving the root parts of onions and celery and whatever else I can get my hands on. I will admit I did buy loofah seeds because I want to try to grow my own loofahs this year and I can't buy them as a vegetable anywhere. So I had to special order those seeds, but those are the only ones. I did join a plant group on Facebook hoping for gardening tips, but so far it's really all been indoor fancy plants and selling them (laughs) like the decorative plants and And there are things I've never heard of, things that have a whole lot of high maintenance. It's really all over my head. I think I need to find a different group. If you have a good gardening Facebook group, let me know. I also wanted to share that I was hunting on the free section of Facebook Marketplace and I found free organic fertilizer. And I was so excited because I have been focusing on composting for months at this point. So when I read free organic fertilizer, I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be amazing compost. It's going to be fantastic for my garden. I'm going to have the best fruits and vegetables and plants ever. And I drove 35 minutes to get to this place that in my head, I thought it was a plant nursery or mulching yard or something. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I don't know why I had that in my head. It was nowhere on the ad that it was a business. It ended up being a horse farm and all that free organic fertilizer yeah you got it it was poo it was horse poo <laughs> and it was snow covered but also melting snow so we are talking a muddy mucky pooey mess <laughs> i went after work So I had my work shoes and my work pants on, not anywhere prepared to shovel horse manure. I did bring buckets to put it in, but I was thinking it was compost. (laughs) So that was my funny story I wanted to share with you. Did I learn my lesson? No, not at all, because then I found a Facebook post for free dirt. And I was so excited because uh, my yard is completely frozen over right now and I have all these seeds and I need to plant them to start making seedlings. I have all of these leftover milk cartons and egg cartons and anything that would function as a pot. So I cut the tops off the milk cartons and now I made a pot that I can put dirt in and put the seeds in and get seedlings started. They'll be nice little mini plants just in time for the spring. I'm all excited 
I needed dirt, but I didn't want to go buy it. I didn't want to go buy potting mix that came in a plastic bag. I wanted this free dirt. Again, I drove 20 minutes north out of my way to get this free dirt. And it ended up being some guy that had something done to his yard. And all of this dirt was piled up in the beginning of February. (laughs) So it was not dirt at that point. It was frozen mud, heavy, cold, muddy mess. I wore tennis shoes thinking that that would be okay because he's got grass in his yard. No, there was mud absolutely everywhere. So here I am standing in super slippery mud trying to shovel frozen piles of mud and I'm just slip sliding all over the place. I have zero leverage trying to get this mud into my buckets. It was, I'm just a glutton for punishment. That's really what's going on. I'm I'm not smart sometimes. I don't think things through. I just fumble my way through life, apparently. How am I an adult? How do I have kids? I don't, I don't know how I am functioning. Facebook Marketplace, what are you doing to me? I do want to point out that Facebook Marketplace did save me in one small area. I did find a free bag of miracle Grow. Now, I have no idea if I can use that on fruits and vegetables or if it's only for flowers. But hey, I got that one and it wasn't a muddy, poopy mess. I could just go pick up the bag from this lady's porch. She didn't want it, so I rescued it. These are all of my personal wild and crazy and ridiculous adventures of trying to be sustainable. And if you have some stories that you want to share, mostly so I don't feel quite so dumb and stupid, I would really appreciate that. You can head on over to the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability. Instagram, starting underscore sustainability. You can also go to the website, www.startingsustainability, and we'll have show notes with the backslash episode 66, so you can leave it in the comment section there. You can leave it on the comment section anywhere, and I'll get it. You can also just email me and tell me that life is not that bad and it gets better. (laughs) And my email address is kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. Now for some more uplifting conversation, I had a Zoom interview with Jennifer Lansdowne to help explain how the Buy Nothing Project and all of their groups work and the benefits of participating in them. Let's take a listen now. Jennifer Lansdowne's passion is to give moms the tools to create the life and community they want for their family. She's excited to see the wonderful possibilities that come of people following their heart and focusing on creating the better world we know is possible. As a former middle school band director and dog trainer, she has always believed learning should be a lifelong passion. She uses her experience in teaching to meet people where they are and make concrete plans to move toward their goals of a more sustainable life. Lifestyle. She has spent a lot of time helping others create local communities through her volunteer work with the Buy Nothing Project and thus believes intensely in the power of community. Hello and welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, besides my bio, <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have two kids. And as we all know, as moms, things get really crazy when you have kids and you're forced to change your lifestyle, but you're also forced to think about things that you might not have before. So a lot of us are doing this for our kids when we should be doing it for ourselves too, but it seems more pressing when you're researching what's in your baby food or your mattress or all of those things that you don't want this tiny baby exposed to. 
So when my son was a year old, the oldest one, I decided to start a buy nothing group. And it was kind of just because I was a stay at home mom and I really needed something mentally to do so that I wasn't going to go crazy. Um, and I had no idea where it would lead me, but it has led me to an amazing online community, amazing local community, um, and a total shift in a lot of the ways that I live my life. So that's kind of where I am now. And I'm excited to bring the idea of gifting economies in whatever form to a bigger audience. Can you explain what exactly is a gifting economy? So a gifting economy is different than the market economy in that there is no money that is exchanged. So you can give things freely. You can ask for things freely. We also include gratitude, which when you're getting things for free, that usually comes pretty naturally. Um, but there's no trading or bartering or I'll give you this if you'll give me that. So it's just like, I don't need this item anymore and you can have it and you can use it and extend the life of that item. So it does take a while to get used to doing it. We're mostly on Facebook. A lot of people are in buy, sell, trade groups and they will get really used to like, I commented first, so I get the item, but they don't have to get the item. It's whoever's giving it gets to decide using whatever criteria they want. So um, it can become, you know, like what's your favorite joke or, uh, you know, what's your kid's favorite color or just random things because I don't know these people at the, at the beginning and I wanna be able to kind of randomly pick in my community and spread the wealth out among everybody not just people who were online all the time. How did you truly get started? Like you just said that you're at home and you kind of got involved. So you just found it on Facebook and that's how you got started? I tried to remember where I found the idea. <laughs> I can't, I wish I could. Um, yeah, so I found it somewhere online. Uh, there's a website. So maybe I came across the website and I emailed and said, I wanna start a group in my area. And I live in Austin, Texas, so it's a huge metro area, but there are only two other groups. So I tried to join those, but I didn't live in those areas and I didn't understand that whole thing. Um, so I started a Facebook group. Um, I got help to set up a map. Um, the documents were all given to me. Uh, and then I just had the word of mouth. I actually didn't know anybody in my area. I was born here. I have tons of friends, but none of them lived right around me. <laughs> So that was a process. Um, and now if you wanted to start up a group, we have admin training, which is online. We have development team members that work with you to decide what your boundaries are, what the name of your group is going to be. And there's tons of support. Um, that was around, you know, six years ago, but not so advanced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and take the time now to tell the listeners like your whole involvement with the Buy Nothing project. I started off as a local as a local admin, um, which was just me helping the group ride around me. And then at some point, we they needed a regional admin, which helps the new admins coming in for, in my case, the state of Texas. So we have regionals, uh, we used to have regionals in almost every state. Some states had multiple regions. Um, and then I started doing development, which is helping new people start up groups. And then I started doing international development, which meant that I had to ask people to help translate our documents into whatever languages they needed them. Um, and then I joined the global team for a while. And then I created the admin training and some training for the regionals and development. And then, <laughs> then I started a language team because 
when you're starting a new group, it's really hard to translate three documents all by yourself. So I, we crowdsourced and got a lot of other members and volunteers all over the world. So we've got languages and about 20, or documents in about 20 different languages now. Um, and mostly I do language and training now because it's a lot. It was like a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, are, are you employed or is all this volunteer? This was all when I was a stay-at-home mom. So it was all volunteer. Um, and it's translated into me having skills to do things that I didn't do in my job as a teacher or a dog trainer, like organization and how to interface with people who need video or podcasts or learning in a different way. Back when I was teaching in 2000, we didn't do online learning <laughs> nearly as much as we do now. So. <laughs> I'm trying to remember like back in 2000, it was the beginning of the whiteboard that was a digital whiteboard. Like I remember the teachers right. having that and having a real projector versus the actual overhead with the light bulb and the mirror and all of that stuff. So yeah, technology has definitely evolved. <laughs> And in band, we didn't even do much of that because it was all like, let's play music, you know, who's yeah. aboard at all. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Never mind. <laughs> but the technology has involved into a much of our favor. So in regards to the gift economies, I had never even heard that phrase before talking to you. I heard of the Buy Nothing Project, didn't really know much about it, but I had heard of FreeCycle a, a long time ago, back when I was living in Texas, almost 10 years ago, somebody had mentioned joining a FreeCycle group. And I thought, oh, okay. So I kind of joined that group and it was an email system. It wasn't even on Facebook. It was just an email system. So I signed up and then I would get emails whenever somebody had free stuff to get rid of. And even now, after you reached out and talked, sent me an email and talked to me, I was like, oh, I kind of forgot about it. It's like, let me find my own buy nothing group. So I searched and I, I found one around here and I joined it. And that's, that's all that I know as the consumer of the gift economy or of the buy nothing group is just saying, hey, I have free stuff, who wants it and who has whatever I'm looking for for free. I had no idea that what you did, there was so much administrative leadership, organizational listeners can't see me, but my hands are going all over the place right now. All this stuff, I didn't realize that all that was involved. So I'm clapping kudos to you for doing all that work and organizing it. <laughs> I think the interesting part is there are definitely standalone gifting groups that aren't associated with us. And then there's also groups of like people who don't want to have as many rules, which often seem to have more rules, but it's really hard to have a gifting group that's just focused on gifting. And you think that would be easy, but when people create that kind of community and they really get to know their neighbors, they want to use it for so many other things like, oh, there's a sale at blah, 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 or there's this free community event. Um, and so because we didn't grow up in the gifting economy, I mean, my kids are, but I don't know of anybody else that did. Um, our brain keeps going back to the market economy and like, oh, I can't ask for something unless I can give something else. And so I think the reason that our groups are very narrow is so that we really can immerse ourselves and actually learn how to to function in this different economy because we're so conditioned to do market economy and all the stuff that entails. Yeah, I agree. Whenever I need something, my first thought is what store can I go to to get it? And then because of coronavirus, it's become where can I go online to get it? And then it takes me a minute to think, 
how about I just be patient because I don't really truly need it right this second. And let me see if I can find it on Facebook marketplace or the buy nothing group or some other way, or if I can borrow it from somebody, unfortunately, that's my last thought. Do you have any advice or tips on how to kind of change our mindset to a more gift economy focused? I think it's good to give yourself a challenge. So um, do it for seven days or two weeks and just say, if there's anything I need, accepting food and gas, like I am going to try to find it in a different way and set a time period. So if I can't find it after seven days, then I can go buy it. And that puts that little pause in there for us. There's actually a buy nothing seven challenge group. So you can do it with other people if you want to. Hey, all right. <laughs> and unless you put the pause in, it's not going to become a habit. But once you do put the pause in, then you realize, yeah, I don't need it super fast most of the time. And one of the interesting things of COVID is that even if you want it super fast, you actually can't get it super fast now. <laughs> I feel like that slows us all down anyway. It's taught us all some patience. <laughs> And I have always found, I mean, the more I participate, the more I kind of find that if I wait long enough, something will come up, either the item that I asked for or something that I can use instead. And then you start getting into, well, do I have something I could already use that I could, you know, transform or just like I could use a pillowcase for my dirty laundry instead of having a specific laundry hamper? You know, and I already have tons of pillowcases that I don't know what to do with. So you start to become more creative about, I need something. I don't have exactly that. And maybe I can't get it right away, but what can I do instead? That is excellent advice. Very good. Got to form a habit and get creative. Yes. <laughs> you mentioned that there were some rules as part of the Buy Nothing Project. What are these rules that we need to be aware of? Because I don't like breaking them and being the odd person <laughs> and having to apologize. I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of that. And I don't think any of the listeners do either. <laughs> so if you go to the website, they are very short, nine rules. Um, but basically, don't give anything away that's not legal to give away. And then the standard disclaimer of your admins are helping to admin the group. They are not responsible for your interactions with anybody else. We do ask that you participate as yourself. So if you have a business and you wanted to give something from your business as a way of marketing, that doesn't really work for us. So you could say, I'm, you know, the example on the website used to be, I'm a fish groomer, you know, like something off the wall. Um, and I want to give away free fish grooming services, um, but you can't mention your, your business name. Um, and then it's just, you know, the standard, be nice to each other. People are going to be in your group that you don't know, and they're your neighbors. And if you're easily offended by something, just pause and think like they don't know you either. Like, let's just be adults about it and work through any differences that we might have. Um, so those are not how they phrased them <laughs> on the website. And they go into more depth because the founders are writers and they can definitely write a good spiel. Um, but they're, they're really pretty simple. Facebook rules actually on the Facebook group. They only give you so many characters. So yeah, okay. keep it, keep it So they're sweet and to the point. Right. <laughs> Unlike my summary right there. <laughs> so in addition to getting free stuff, which everybody's very excited about, there are other benefits of the gifting economy groups. Can you share those with us? Ooh, there are so many. I think that when people first join, they get excited about 
getting stuff that other people have posted. And then as you start to receive things from other people who you've never met before, you start to feel gratitude that these people that you don't know are just giving you their stuff. And so then you want to give gratitude to other people and want to fulfill the things that other people are asking for. So you start to go looking through your stuff and then you realize, hey, I'm not even using half of this. Like, let me give it away. And then you get to meet that person and they get to tell you about why they're using it. Or I gave away four dining room chairs, which were my chairs from when I was a little kid and they were extra chairs in my garage. And the family that I gave them to said that they had been sitting on lawn chairs for like two years. And I was like, these chairs were just sitting in my garage. They were my extra chairs that I pulled out twice a year, but now I can give them to somebody else. They're 30 years old, but they're still <laughs> working fine. Um, so that just feels really awesome. I, I think also sometimes you need just a little bit of something there are certain items that we never actually use like caulk or I got some spackle for my walls who actually uses that whole container of spackle. So if I can use a little bit and then give it to somebody else, as opposed to it sitting in my house and somebody else buying another container and using just the tiny little bit then, or spray paint is another one. Um, then all of these things don't have to get made again. It's not only about, the money that I save, but also that there's not as many resources that we have to take from the planet to make 10 cans of new spackle that everybody's going to use just a little bit. Of. I want to thank you right now because my garage is a gigantic hot mess chaos pile. <laughs> and now I know how to clear it out. <laughs> and I'd never even thought of that because I, I guess I'm not well-versed in the buy nothing group. I've only been a member for a few weeks now, but I never thought, Hey, I have this leftover. Like we just painted my son's bedroom. We have leftover paint. And our first thought is we better keep it in case something happens. I'm like, you don't really have to keep it. You just need to keep the name <laughs> of the paint so you can get it made again. If something truly does happen, but free up the space and help somebody else who might have an art project or a small thing to paint. And I'm very excited because now I can mention all this to my husband <laughs> and clear out that hot mess of a garage. <laughs> I'm in the process of moving. And so I was trying to clear out all of my old bits, you know, because we have a, a resource center that the city operates, but if I can get somebody to use it, that's even better. One of the other things that I didn't mention is a lot of people think about the stuff as in a tangible item, but you can also ask for gifts of time or service. So maybe I don't get around much anymore. Maybe I just broke my leg or something. So I can't physically do mow my lawn or trim my tree. And so I could ask somebody else to come help me do that. Or when I was a mom with young kids that were even younger than now, I put an ask on there for, does somebody want to meet up at the park? I'm going out of my you know, brain with like, I've been alone for too long. <laughs> and so you can ask when it's safe to do so, you know, now it's a little tricky to go meet somebody or people have done, you know, let's all learn how to cook meatballs together or whatever it is that you want to teach. Um, so that brings your community together, but it's also, you know, you don't have to pay anybody else to tell you that stuff and you're getting to meet your neighbors. That's really good advice. We moved to this town a couple of years ago, but my family is two hours away. So I had to meet community members. And the only way I knew how was I better join a church right away. That's the only way that I'm going <laughs> to make friends and, and you need a community. And I was pregnant at the time. Like I'm about to have a baby. My husband is traveling. I need a community. So I had to get very involved in church, which, which is perfectly fine. And I'm glad that I did that, but this is an 
another opportunity to get to know your community and not everybody's church is back in service because of COVID. So all this can be done online and safe. So that's, I'm glad that it provides so many other things other than just free stuff. You get all these other additional benefits. And I think that's what gets people to our groups. And then people join and they're like, wow, this is actually, I had no idea it was like this. Um, And every group is different depending on the admins and the, you know, the neighborhood, but um, it provides a lot of things. And then people start to want those for other people too. And that's how they keep growing and growing the group. (laughs) Yeah. And I've seen that if you have free stuff, you can just post it. Hey, I have a free twin mattress or I have a free pillowcase or whatever the case may be. But I've also seen people say, Hey, we just had a house fire. Here's, we really need clothes. We really need this. If you have anything. And, and even if I don't have something, I can tag somebody that I know has something like if a family needs chairs, I can tag, Hey, here's Jennifer. I know she's got extra chairs sitting in her garage, like, and just get more and more members involved. It's a really cool circle. Yes. And I think one time there was a lady who posted in our group at like 10 o'clock on a Friday night that there were family in town for a funeral and the hotel had been overbooked. So she suddenly had a bunch of house guests and she was like, does anybody have an air mattress? And she got three and her family was from out of town. And they were like, how did you find all these air mattresses? <laughs> I'm like half an hour notice, you know? So they got involved in their buy nothing community when they went home. So it has these awesome benefits. Very true. So I do want to switch gears just a little bit because there are some stigmas associated with the buy nothing groups. And I want you to address them to kind of bust the myths about these stigmas. Does that make sense? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So some of them would be, it's all junk that you can find on there that you can't really find nice things. What is your response to that? I would say that it's actually usually the opposite. Um, the more people give, the more they want to give the things that are still good as opposed to their junk. Um, And that being the case, you don't ever have to take something. So somebody could post something on there and say, you know, this is broken or this is X, Y, and Z. And then it's your choice if you wanna get it or not. And what the community starts to tell that person is, if most of your items are in bad repair or they are cat stained or whatever it may be, then the word's going to get out that you're giving away crappy stuff. (laughs) Nobody's going to want it. Um, So there is kind of an accountability, especially because these are your neighbors. It's not, they might be people that you haven't met yet, but you're going to see them at the grocery store or at your kid's school. And so it's not like Facebook marketplace where I'm never going to ever see this person again because they live 30 minutes away or whatever. So that's part of the reason that we allow pet rehoming, um, which people get a little weird about because it's your neighbor's neighbor, (laughs) you know, like there is, there is accountability in there. Um, That's not to say that there aren't gives that are given away that bed bugs is the fear everybody has. Yep. Um, That's another one I was going to ask you about (laughs) once in a while. Yeah. So every once in a while, somebody will give something away with bed bugs. Do they know that that item has bed bugs? I would guess not most of the time. (laughs) And the word gets out really quick about bedbugs because they'll post something like I got, you know, this pillow or these clothes and they had bedbugs, you know, they will hold you accountable in the group. Um, So I have never really gotten anything that's in super bad repair. And when I give things, if they are broken or they are stained or something, I'm pretty upfront about that. Like, 
this t-shirt is stained. Do you still want it for a rag or whatever it is? Um, if people don't want it, then they won't get it. I have never really had a problem and I've never heard of big problems in groups. I think there is a stigma about secondhand stuff, um, which I have a totally different opinion of <laughs> after doing gifting groups for so long. I start to think of it in terms of what story does this item have to tell? So if I buy something at the store, you know, it was just made by somebody and there's a story there, whether they got a living wage or how they were treated. But if I get something from somebody else, they often are going to tell me a story and those stories are what stick with me. So my current laundry basket I got from a former admin, co-admin of mine, and I got it because my youngest son was using the other laundry basket to walk. And so every time I see my laundry basket, I think of the person who gave it to me and going over to her house and meeting her dog and also my youngest kid who broke the first one. <laughs> so it's just a plastic laundry basket, <laughs> but it has so many memories. And so going around my house, these everyday items become something better or different or elevated because there is a story and like, oh, I picked up that bowl from this lady and I don't remember her name, but... I had my kid with me and we talked to her about X, Y, and Z. Um, so that to me is something that you can't actually buy if you get something from a store. When I read the posts on the Buy Nothing group, my personal favorite, what I'm drawn to is when people list the story within the post. It's not just, here's this one item. Here's the story behind it. This is my mother's. This is my aunt's. This toy has served seven children well and is still holding up very strong. I like those because I know that's a very good, <laughs> I don't want to say investment, but that's a good item for me to receive because I know it's going to continue living well. I want something that's sturdy and holds up well. So that's really cool. I, I didn't think about when you come home to just see all these items that give you a sense of happiness. There's a, an emotional benefit to the buy nothing groups. Definitely. And I think I'm in the process of getting divorced. And so I had these wedding rings and I was like, I don't want to just sell them because then other people are putting a value on them. But if I give them away, then I get to pick who they go to. And it feels like I'm putting something positive back out in the universe. So that was a really cool thing for me to be able to do. And it felt in line with my values at this point, but it's amazing how you can make somebody's day or year or Christmas just by giving this one thing away that meant something to you at one time. And now it's going to go mean something positive to somebody else. Yeah. And we were talking about the secondhand stigmas and it's really, I agree. It's definitely about your viewpoint because I'm a big proponent of re-gifting things <laughs> or making things or, or even just going to a secondhand shop and finding stuff. I'm like, if this is an item that I know that you need, then I know it's going to bring a smile to your face when you open it, whether it's brand new or if it was, I call it pre-loved. It was pre-loved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very proud of being able to find secondhand items to save them from the dump, to give them an extra purpose, to extend the item's life. In Toy Story, like the toys <laughs> each had their own life and they had a kid to serve. I view that on every inanimate object. <laughs> Well, and I think too, especially with getting my kids involved, when I say, we're going to take this item that you're not using and you get to pick who gets it. And then they get to see that kid get it. We had this, it was this super cool, large John Deere plastic, plastic tractor that we got on large item pickup day. Somebody put it out and it was really hard to drive, but really neat. <laughs> and so when we gave that thing away, 
my son, who was the one who was driving it, got to pick who it went to and he got to see them. And then we got to see videos of them driving it. And so for him, the secondhand stigma isn't there because we're starting with this kind of gifting economy stuff. And so I think that really helps too, not only for us, but for our kids. Another stigma that I want you to clear the air on is that you can't get what you want in the buy nothing groups that you have to settle. So if you want something specific, you have to go to the store. I think it depends on how specific you want it. If you want this specific toaster (laughs) that's new, yes, you probably can't get that in your group. I would say that sometimes you can, but I think if you open up the possibilities, sometimes you actually get something better than you want. (laughs) So we had somebody who was just like, I want a new pair of boots. I don't buy things for myself. You know, I just, here's my size. Somebody else had a pair that their mom, they were trying to get their mom, but she didn't want them and they were brand new. So it's not only used stuff. Sometimes it's brand new stuff that people just bought and then never used. And so you're getting it brand new anyway. And sometimes maybe you say, I need something to fulfill this need or do this thing. And I'm not sure what it is. And somebody has something that they used already, but that can fulfill your need. And you didn't even know that that thing existed. I think It really depends on your mindset. And if you can open up your mind and be open to other possibilities, then you often get things that are better than you actually thought. Yeah, I think that addresses the next one, which is that you can never find what you're looking for. And the real answer is you kind of just have to wait a while and you can't be very specific. (laughs) I like your viewpoint that you can find something even better than what you were looking for. And sometimes it depends on your group. I mean, There are some groups that are very active and there are tons of people in them and other groups are going to be less active. So that all, you know, just depends on which group you're in um, and what you're creating and all that kind of stuff too. Do you have any stories of big no-nos? Like what are some no-nos that people posted that they really shouldn't have? There aren't too many stories about people posting things they shouldn't. It is interesting to see items of an adult nature posted and people's reaction in terms of being scandalized perhaps (laughs) about things. Um, But if it's legal, you can post it. So Facebook has changed its commerce policies lately. So you can't gift alcohol or, you know, guns or knives, um, which was probably, guns or knives were probably there before. So that kind of thing is a little hard sometimes if you're not sure what Facebook allows. But people are usually pretty intelligent. They don't post stuff that was just totally off the wall (laughs) that you shouldn't be posting or getting there. Well, just last week, somebody in in my very small buy nothing group, and it's, I think it's only about 500 members. It's a pretty small group, but she posted, Hey, I need money. Can you send me money to pay my bills? And I was like, I don't think this is really the right place for that. And I didn't say anything, but everybody else did. And they told her this isn't really the right place for that. (laughs) So I didn't know if there were other no-nos that we should address now. So nobody gets embarrassed later on by doing it, I guess. Cash is a no, but it's actually changed a little bit recently. So sometimes you want to ask for like gas for your car. And in theory, I could meet you at the gas station and buy the gas for you and put it in your car but they actually changed the rules to allow, okay, if I say I need gas and somebody else wants to 
send me money to get gas, then that is okay. Like I was talking about at the beginning, there are ways in which our market economy mindset comes back. And so we don't want to let those in too much, but there are times when a gift is gonna be fulfilled by somebody going and buying something. I asked for this specific book one time and nobody had it, but one of my neighbors had a gift card to a bookstore. And so she ordered the book for me and sent it to me. So things like that will happen and that's okay because we do buy things. We're not trying to say, you should exist within your buy nothing group and never ever buy anything again, (laughs) that's unrealistic. But if we can first go to our own homes and see what's there and use that stuff first, then that's what we're trying to cultivate because that is not a market economy mindset. Got it. You did a lot of work, volunteer work in the buy nothing group. And as we discussed in the beginning, and that has actually steered you down a new career path. Do you want to tell us what you're doing now? Sure. So when I got to do the admin training, I was thinking, there is so much information out there. And when you're trying to look up sustainability, again, so much information out there. And it's a little bit overwhelming. So I decided that I wanted to curate resources and put them in a format that especially busy moms, I don't know of a mom who isn't busy, but moms are always busy. Well, I mean, you know, even as a stay-at-home mom, I feel like I have so many things to do. Um, So I can only imagine when you're working too. But I wanted to give people resources in a format that worked for them on topics. So I have cheat sheets and it's got just one topic of information and there is written information, there is podcasts, if I can find them, there is videos. So you can use whatever format you learn better at if you, you know, you can listen to a podcast while you're doing the dishes, maybe you don't have time to read, but that, that works for you. Um, and that it's easy to find. So instead of being a podcaster or a blogger, because there are tons of amazing people with amazing content, I wanted to take that all and put it into a resource that people could use that was fast and easy and relatively affordable. You have these different cheat sheets of different topics. Can you give an example of some of the topics? Sure. Um, So I've got one for food waste, how to compost, how to grow food with your kids, how care and repair of your clothes, extending the life of your clothes, how to rehome things responsibly, clothes rehoming specifically, because that's a bigger one, I think, for most people, Um, how to reduce single waste in your kitchen or your bathroom, energy usage. There's one for people with young kids. There's one for people with babies. I'm still working on the older kids one because I don't have older kids. <laughs> so that takes a little bit longer. Um, and they're all organized in different, you know, there's food is a big one for me because we all have to eat and food waste is a huge issue. And then single use reduction. And then as I was working through and working with some people to go through my program, I was like, what do you need? And then I would make that resource for them. So I don't know that I will ever be done with resources, but <laughs> I've got the main ones so far. And what's the name of your program? So I am the mindful materialist. And then I've got cheat sheets. I've got classes. And then if you want to do the whole thing with one-on-one help, that's the confident, connected change makers. I like to add lots of the same letter, mindful materialist and such. And so then I get bogged down when I'm actually speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I named my thing starting sustainability and I have a very slight lisp. So I have to be careful every single time I say it. (laughs) 
that wasn't very smart now, was it? (laughs) Then I started doing some like short videos. And so it's Monday musings with the mindful materialist. So yeah, (laughs) I don't know how many times I've said that and messed it up, but. If listeners of the podcast have more questions for you, how do they best get a hold of you? And then if they want more information about your mindful materialist program, where do they go for that as well? So I've got a website, which is mindfulmaterialist.world. And then I'm on Facebook. On Facebook, I had to do mindful materialism with an M at the end. And then I'm on uh, Instagram with mindful materialist. Definitely the website is the way to go. That's where all of the information is. But the other things have pretty pictures too. Awesome. Okay, so we got all of your information. What about the Buy Nothing Project? Where do people go to get information about that? So the best place to go is the website, which is buynothingproject.org. You can see examples. Um, There is a Facebook page, Buy Nothing Project, and they will post examples from groups. So if you've never participated in a group, you can see what it's like. There also is a ton of resources on the the website if you want to find your group, if you want to start a group. Um, If you are having a problem in your group, we've got some resources for you to talk to people about. And there's also a ton that has been put out lately about how gifting economy groups need to work in communities in terms of racial equity and redlining. So if you have questions about the boundaries of your group or how you feel like the admins aren't being fair in some way, there's some resources on there as well. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for opening our eyes to the whole buy nothing project and the gifting economies and educating everybody on how they work, the ins and the outs and the tips and all of that stuff. We're about to wrap it up, but before I let you go, I found on your website that you have a sustainable superpower quiz. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I am all about giving people just the information they need. And so instead of doing just a one cheat sheet, you know, for my freebie. I was like, I need to find out what people want. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there is a quiz. If you're not quite sure where you should get started, you can take the quiz um, and hopefully get some information to help you out in the way that you actually need it. That is very smart marketing because you don't want somebody to get a handout. You're like, well, that's not applicable to me. So now they can get one tailored to them. Yeah. Very intelligent. I'm a little too complicated (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) But I really like as moms, like we just need to have that one thing we need. And I don't want to have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get other stuff that I don't actually want. So I'm trying to get that to people. We'll see if it works. (laughs) Have you ever taken the quiz? I have taken the quiz. I actually have a hard time because I know what the answers are. I want to take your quiz Um, right now because I want to see what (laughs) I want to see what my superpower is. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to take your quiz. We're going to read out loud so everybody can hear it. It says, would you rather... Get out in nature on a weekly basis, hang out with friends working on a project, work on decluttering your home, or not sure and would procrastinate. (laughs) I'd really like to answer all of these, but I have to pick one. (laughs) Well, since it's cold and crummy and yucky, I'm going to pick nature. That was right now I'm attracted to that one because I can't go out in it. So I want what I can't have. Question two is how supported do you feel in making sustainable choices? My family lets me make the decisions and rolls with it. I'm okay making decisions without support. My family and friends don't support me and it sucks. I've been through all three of those stages. So I think that appeals to everybody as well. 
right now I'm in the stage of they just let me do what I want. <laughs> I roll with it. So I'm going to pick that one. <laughs> when you need something you don't have, what do you do? And your options are figure out a way to make it work from your existing stuff, buy something new or used, ask someone to borrow it, think about whether you really need the item or not. I feel like I go through all those stages. This is why I'm asking you. <laughs> First, I figure out if I need it or not. And then I try to figure out if I can make it work with what I have before I bother anybody else. <laughs> and then the last thing I do is try to purchase it because I'm a penny pincher. That's what I'm saying. Like we have all of these in us, but like, what's the first gut reaction? Oh, this, you is, know? this is a hard quiz. And I, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to fail, even though there is no failing answer. It's just hard. All right. Well, since my first step is to think about if I really need it. And then I go through all the other ones. Okay. When you see someone needing help fixing something, do you jump in and help them, give them a number of someone else to call or say nothing? I'm like, I'm a helper. When you need to make a decision, do you, A, do a ton of research, go with your gut, ask friends what they would do, or flip a coin? I do a ton of research. Dun, da, 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 drum roll. Okay, it says I, <laughs> your sustainable superpower is trash auditor. <laughs> too. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? <laughs> it means that you're really involved in the nitty gritty of what everything, you know, is happening. And so you want to know what exactly is going out of your home and that you don't need. And then you want to not bring that stuff back into your home. So it's not enough just to make changes, but you want to evaluate the changes that you are making constantly so that you continue to make new ones. That is 100% on the mark. Literally two days ago, <laughs> I did an actual trash can audit of my bathroom to figure out what I what products I still needed to figure out on how to switch to zero waste. So this was a very well put together quiz. Extremely accurate. Thank you. I tried to find a better name than trash auditor, but I just really couldn't explain it with a different name. So that's all right. I will stand here with my head all high. <laughs> I'll do my Wonder Woman pose with my hands on my hips and my legs, like shoulder width apart, chin up. I am the trash auditor. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, Jennifer, it has been a pleasure getting to speak with you and learning so much from you and lots of laughs with you too. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's been great. Is there anything else to cover that I might've missed in our interview? Just that the Buy Nothing Project is a big project and we do gifting groups, but it doesn't have to be so formalized. It can be offline. It can be whatever you want to make it, but just finding a way to share with your neighbors is the whole point. That is an excellent summary, <laughs> a very good ending note. So thank you very much. You have kids banging on your door. I have kids banging on my door. I hear my husband playing the guitar downstairs. I don't know if you can hear it on your end. So I think it's time to go eat dinner for everybody at this yes. point. So thank you. I will yeah. say thank you and we'll say goodbye and I'll hit the stop button. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you again so much, Jennifer. We really appreciate you coming on and explaining everything about the Buy Nothing Project and all of your hard work involved with that. All of the resources that she shared, all the websites and information, those will be available at www.startingsustainability.com episode 66. That'll be in the show notes section. Before we go, I wanted to give an update do you guys remember Austin Sachs from Ethic? 
He has announced that they have partnered with Slave Free Chocolate. Now you can find fair trade, ethically sourced chocolate. Woo woo, one of my favorite items. And ethic will give the little green leaf stamp of approval. So good job, Austin. Congratulations. And I look very forward to finding delicious chocolate that is guilt free. Come back again next week to learn about the story of Shannon Lore, a sustainable fashion consultant. She navigated her way through the fast fashion world and found a way to create a sustainable fashion brand. Get answers on what fast fashion is, how to build a capsule wardrobe, and if you want to be a fashion designer, yes, you can still do it. You can keep your dream, and we're going to teach you how to do it in a sustainable manner. Thank you, Sustainer Nation, for coming back week after week and listening to all of my shenanigans (laughs) and helping me navigate this crazy sustainable world. I will talk to you all again next week. And until then, continue to stay sustainable. Bye.